This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time for Barreled Up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's 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 your host, Jim Riley and Robbie Hyde. Welcome back to the Barreled Up podcast on the Odyssey Network. There's a lot going on in Major League Baseball. So much that Robbie and I, we're not enough to talk about it. We have to add another major voice in the baseball podcast landscape for this one to talk about the Yankees and the Mets and Stroman and Imanaga and Cease and then on and on and on. So today we are joined by, and I would like to welcome Scott Braun from the Foul Territory Show to our podcast. Welcome, Scott. Robbie, Jim, great to see you both. Am I enough? Do I make it enough for us? The three of us combined. Okay. We should be able to do it. The three of us combined, we we should be able to do it. Um, (laughs) But welcome, man. We do appreciate you coming in. Those of you, we are recording this live on YouTube and it will be up on the podcast, on the Barreled Up podcast, wherever you find your podcast. Make sure to subscribe. Those of you watching on YouTube, help us out. Make sure to hit that like, subscribe, and keep this thing rolling here. Comment away in the live chat with your thoughts as we get through these topics. Let's start with maybe the strangest, biggest news of the moment. And that is that, and this is just a sign of the offseason, that the Yankees and Marcus Stroman might be a fit. Um, I, I've got my thoughts on it. Robbie, I know you've got your thoughts off, but let's start with Scott. Uh, do you feel like this is real? Is this leverage? Is this something that we're going to see happen? Stroman in pinstripes. I don't feel like it's real. I mean, teams talk, agents put things out there, but... I don't know. I don't feel like that's what the Yankees are targeting right now. I can tell you what the Yankees should be targeting. I right. think they should be going after Blake Snell. So if they end up with Stroman and another starter, I don't think Yankee fans would necessarily complain about that. Strosho looks really good for the first few months of the season last year. I'm looking through as you guys are talking to me. He had a 2-4-7 RA through June. I mean, I'm a betting man. I made some good money off Strosho in uh, the first few months of the season. He won a lot of games for the Cubs and then, you know, crumbled really starting in July with the hip inflammation and later found out that was a fracture. So, mm-hmm. sure, we can talk about the um, character, the ego, the showiness. I like some parts of it. I, I love bringing it on the mound, do yeah. you, right? Like that's part of his persona. I want more of that on the mound. So I'm good with that. Um, so I can't speak to everything, you know, about him as a teammate. I didn't play. I don't know what guys are saying these days, but 
I'm not too concerned about him fitting into a, say, Yanks clubhouse, so I wouldn't be worried mm-hmm. there. My only, my big concern, guys, is I'm looking at product on the field. Yankees product on the field just wins losses, homers, right? Strikeouts, stats, like what we're looking at to win games was not good enough last year. Mm-hmm. They addressed the offense. I think they need to address the pitching. This is a good stepping stone if they if the rumors are true and they do come up to an agreement. But if we get to the end of the offseason and we go, okay, the Yankees brought in Soto, Stroman, and maybe like a mid-tier reliever, I would say not enough. Right. Yeah. Um, it would be amazing considering all of the social media history with Yankees fans and Marcus Stroman, the 50-cent emoji laughing and driving away when somebody uh, posted a – uh, Marcus Stroman, Yankees jersey swap, uh, the conversations back and forth with the Yankee fans about how the Yankees spend the most money, trade for all the best players, and still can't win titles. Like that, the Yankee fan, I don't think wants Marcus Stroman on the team. Regardless, they they want him aiming higher for Blake Snell, or just the fact that it's Marcus Stroman and there's been some rub, run-ins in the past that necessarily weren't very positive. I'll be shocked to see if it happens. I feel like maybe there's a little bit of leverage being done here that that his agent, maybe this is coming from Stroman's agent. We don't know. But if this is coming from his agent, it could totally be a play to get maybe the Red Sox offer up or in engaged or any other teams that we've heard linked. Robbie, let me kick it to you. Uh, Stroman, Yankees, pinstripes, or do you want to move on and get to Imanaga? We can we can do that too. Uh, what, what's your, what are your thoughts, Robbie? No, I'll bounce off what you said, uh, Scott, where, hey, it's just about winning, right? So Stroman would fit in well, I personally think. Gets a good amount of ground balls. Yankees have a good infield, so that works out pretty well. He's pictured in New York before, so he can obviously handle it. I mean, well, you know, he's made comments before, sure, but he can definitely pitch out there. And, uh, you know, and, and getting to the leverage thing, I just wonder how much leverage he actually has because he has made a lot of comments before. Mm -hmm. He has burned some bridges before so i wonder is this kind of him you know really try or the agent really trying to get leverage or maybe just really would like to go there um considering the yankees are trying to add something i think on paper it's a good fit but then you just look at the personality but i look at the yankees point of view you know you go back to the last couple years you see a lot of yankee twitter saying you know they could use some personality some energy and you know someone like stroman he has his heart on his sleeve out there. I think he could bring that to him. I think it would be a good fit, honestly. The Yankees need a home run celebration. They got to act <laughs> like they're having fun like everybody else. Not, yes. I, mean, I, I love not when they know, play the Red Sox. Right. Besides that, <laughs> hey, the Red Sox with the laundry cart was one of the most fun. It was fun. You know, everyone looked mm-hmm. forward to it. it it's, yeah. it's pretty harmless. I mean, we have, you know, on foul territory, we have player guests on every day. And, you know, Jose Trevino, we were pushing him a couple times last year. Are you guys going to have a home run celebration? I don't think they ever did unless I missed something where my memory's bad because Mm-mm. it's already been a few months since baseball. And he was like, we, we, we might have something cook and look out. I mean, we never got it. So I just right. wonder what the strategy is there. I know it's not that big a deal, but um, for me, I think at least when I'm looking at this, Stroman probably wants to play there. I don't know if he's getting as many phone calls as probably thought he was going to get. Some of that could have to do with, burning some bridges with prior teams. Some of that also could have to do with the medicals. Maybe some teams are not comfortable and looked at the fractured ribcage. I have no idea. I would love to talk to him about it. He's one of the few players that I know we've attempted to try and get on the show that has either declined or not gotten back to us. So I wish I could give more insight because most guys I can talk about these days, I go, yeah, we had him on and he said, blah, blah, blah. 
I can't get him. So yeah. I've tried. I had a good relationship with him when I, you know, worked for the league years back. Um, but years ago, you know, I've, I've had a couple of nice combos with him. But I just I don't know where his head's at. And I don't know where other teams are thinking because I'm not really tied into him as much as others. One pitcher that is off the board now is Shota Imanaga. And the contract, we we still, I think, need to get the – we need Jeff Passon to tweet what the contract is before no, we can Ken really Rosenthal. feel good. Is it Rosenthal? Does he have it? No, no, the, I'm just saying. Ken Rosenthal oh. is the FT fam. I love Jeff. No. Ken good point. No, FT, you're right. Freaking should be a Hall of Famer, all that stuff. He will be. but He will yeah, be. 100%. We, we got to get the digits from Ken soon. I agree. We need to get the digits because it seems like it's all over the place. But the Cubs, step in, get the deal done, not the Giants, not the Red Sox. There's a fly ball right there that's maybe a little worrisome. I think San Francisco would have been a great fit, specifically because he could that, that would play. It wouldn't kill him as much as it would have maybe at Wrigley or at Fenway. But Imanaga choosing the Cubs, I like it. I don't love it. I feel like it's... Imanaga kind of fits in as a, as a middle-tier starting pitcher, and I feel like Chicago Cubs, they have a lot of those, and they need to go ace level here. Uh, Scott, your feelings when you saw the Imanaga to the Cubs news break? I like it if there's more. I like yeah. it a lot if there's more. I, I thought that they could have used a couple starters, and I think this is a little bit of insurance in case they don't land you know, one of the really two big fish that remain in Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell. There's way too many teams that were listing that were saying, oh, they really could use one of those guys. Well, obviously, if the Cubs aren't the highest bidder, this is some insurance to kind of fill that spot. Really, that Marcus Stroman had, right, for at least half of last year when he mm -hmm. was looking for them. You're right, though. A lot of what I see on the board for them is actually decent depth in terms of a starting rotation. But I'm not seeing a lot of top of the rotation talent. Justin Steele fits that bill for me. I don't know what else does at the moment. There is some talent coming, um, Ben Brown and Kate Horton, but I mean, we'll see when they come and what they look like in year number one. And if you're the Cubs and you're trying to make the playoffs this coming season, there needs to be one more step. I think it sounds like we had Jim Bowden on our show the other day that they've made offers to, or at least had serious conversations with Jordan Montgomery. I think that'd be a great icing on the cake here to put him into that rotation too. The thing about Imanaga guys is that we've talked about him a lot over the last week and the opinions are all over the map in mm -hmm. terms of what he can be. And I think that's what we experienced just now with some teams that shied away from him because they're worried about why he's given up so many home runs or fly balls over um, in Japan and how obviously this is a much more powerful league in major league baseball. The strikeout numbers are good. The fastball is super unique. I personally think, because there's some people that even say, oh, he might not even be a starter. I think he's a starter. It's just a matter of, is he a five or a three? And I, I guess most teams decided that he was more of a four or a five. And that's why we don't know the exact numbers yet, but that's what it's going to end up looking like. I don't think it's going to be, you know, $100 million guaranteed, which is at least what some people were throwing out there at yep. one point. So I like it for rotation depth. I think there's some upside too to be a number three. If they can click him in the way that they want to, right, make a tweak or two, especially, I think, to his slider, I think the fastball will certainly play. So we'll see. And also, it's a 150-inning guy. I mean, you have to keep that in mind. I don't. I think that's what he's averaged the last few years, and that's fine. That's what most people average at this point in Major yep. League Baseball. So you, you have to have him on somewhat of a, of a six-man rotation. We're going to talk to Jameson Tyon on our show tomorrow, so we'll get some insight <laughs> on where he thinks the Cubs rotation is at. Obviously, he's not making the moves, but I'm good. I'm good. But here's my thing, Jim. I, I need... Jordan Montgomery, 
maybe a, I mean a bullpen piece doesn't have to be Josh Hader, but right. an upper echelon bullpen piece. There's about ten left. I'd, I'd like one or two of those if I'm the Cubs, and really one if not two bats in my mind. I think two. It's like is it Bellinger and Chapman? Is it Hoskins and Chapman? Something along those lines. Yep. To this is the time for them to do it, and I think some teams are being cheap. This is where they can run in and make some serious moves and turn themselves into the favorites in the National League Central if they do that. I love the idea of this for the Cubs. So you got Imanaga on the board, and there's still money there to maybe go add another starting pitcher. Do that. But I have thought about signing Cody Bellinger, getting that deal done. When you add Cody Bellinger to the lineup, this Cubs lineup, one through seven banks, it's tough. You you don't want to pitch to any of them, one through seven. At that point, it makes Matt Chapman a really nice addition because if Matt Chapman Figures in at the eight hole. Doesn't matter if he's going to swing and miss a ton. Doesn't matter if he's going to hit 230 because he's going to give you an elite glove to support all of that pitching. I just feel like the Cubs, this should be the springboard, go out and do a lot. The Giants, this was a big miss by them. This was a fail by them. This was also missed by the Red Sox. And Robbie, I'm coming to you now because we need to have a conversation about Boston. There, there was a miss on Teoscar Hernandez. There was a miss on Lugo. There's a miss now on Imanaga. Whatever it is. Uh, Craig Breslow deciding to go in another direction, uh, th- them not coming up with the money from ownership. I don't know what it is, but the Red Sox, what are we doing next? Robbie, we'll start with you, and then and then let's get Scott's thoughts on that. What do the Red Sox need to do next? Well, I would say really what it comes down to for the Red Sox, it just seems like there's a limit on what they're willing to give. Uh, what, it, what it seems like they're looking to do is go for high value and less commitment to the years and the dollars as well. Uh, it seems like, according to Jared Carabas out there, what he's heard is, or what the feeling that he's getting is that they don't really want to go above two years, you know, maybe even a little bit more than that. So I'm wondering if maybe the length of the Imanaga contract was the holdup there. I could see why the Red Sox would be interested in him. Throws a lot of strikes. He gets a, that fastball, has a lot of vertical movement. It just moves through the zone. So it definitely can get some swing and misses in the zone. And that's what Andrew Bailey likes. Um, the, I just think it came down to he's 30 years old. They probably just didn't want to go very far on that contract. I would have liked him in the rotation. Yeah, as a you know 3-4, but yeah. it is what it is. Uh, but for the Red Sox, <laughs> that's what I, I'm thinking that's the way they're going here. I think they're just going to be going – two-year deals max maybe a three it, you know maybe they could get creative with someone like jordan montgomery or blake snell on a deal if they wanted to go that route for a high level guy like that mm-hmm. um but i what i'm starting to get the sense of i'm thinking they brought in andrew bailey they're going to try and really strengthen from within and try and get the most out of the guys that they have which Bailey did. He got a lot out of him in San Francisco, one of the better pitching staffs over the last three years. And the Giants, you know, didn't really go out there and spend a whole ton of money. So that's kind of the sense that I'm getting. It's, you know, maybe they're trying to bring a a different philosophical approach within and without having to spend a whole ton of money. I could see them going after a trade, but are they going to have a better package for Jesus Lazardo than say the Orioles who could offer them a major league ready shortstop right now in Joey Ortiz, which the Marlins could use mm-hmm. and a lot of other position players, the Marlins lack bats in their system. So the Orioles to me are a better fit for someone like Jesus Lazardo are, are the white Sox going to trade Dylan cease. And is it going to be worth getting him? Um, 
I'm the way I'm kind of looking at this right now with the Red Sox is they're going after short deals. Jorge Soler, I think, is possible a two year deal. I could see that. Um, pitching wise, though, I could see like a Michael Lorenzen, um, maybe Mike Clevenger. He had some off the field stuff. Don't know if that would be a good fit in the city of Boston. Not quite sure about that. But that's the way I'm seeing it right now. They're just going cheaper deals, try and look for high value. Definitely, uh, unless Scott, you tell me something different. If you have you heard anything, can please give me some well, good news. I mean, the way you're talking, they're acting broke, right? I mean, this is a last place team with a last place pitching staff with a ton of work to do. And I don't know. I, I thought I heard Tom Warner, part of the ownership group, saying full throttle. <laughs> I don't know what full throttle means to you what does guys. It mean? I can show you full <laughs> throttle. Okay. And it's not the Red Sox offseason right now. Listen, I have I have the answer. He didn't say yeah. what direction. Uh, he also didn't down. say what he didn't say what vehicle, like full throttle on like a little trike versus on an yeah. actual machine. That maybe yeah. that's it. So semantics yeah. here in terms of what he said, right? Yeah. Well, if they're going full throttle down, like if if they want to act this way and they're not going to give out big contracts anymore and they're not going to act like a big market team that makes a ton of money, that's fine. There's a team that they can look at for a great example. You can be the Baltimore Orioles. You can tank for the next six years, lose as many games as you can, get tons of draft picks, spend zero dollars, then nail your high-end draft picks, develop them well, and you can operate at a much lower payroll. You just have to go through six years of pain. That's all. About six years of absolute terrible crap where no one shows up at the ballpark and you lose about a piece of the value of your franchise because you'll lose, you know, five, six year generation of fans that won't be attracted to the team because they're that horrendous. I don't think they want to operate that way, but they're in the American League East. You have to bang in the offseason. They're not doing that yet. There's still a chance for them to do that. But Robbie, if they're only doing one or two year deals, they're not going to get in anyone. And we had Papelbon on today and he and I asked him because they they've popped up right after a dude signs half the time. It's the Red Sox were in on him for a crappy offer. And Pap's like, that's not even true. It's bullshit. So in my mind, this has been a joke of an offseason for them so far. I'm fine. Lucas Giolito, fine. But and and sale goes to Atlanta. Um, but they haven't really improved themselves much. I really like Vaughn Grissom. So I like that as part of like the opinion. young core of position player um, that are on the younger side that are coming through. I'm okay with their offense, although they finished in 18th in home runs last year and lost Justin Turner. And, you know, obviously Duvall's probably going to go elsewhere. So sure. So or someone like that sounds great. They need one big power bat and they need like eight pitchers. And they have so much work to do on the pitching side to be able to compete in the American League East clearly they're not demonstrating that and we're running out of pitchers for them to grab. Right. So Jordan Montgomery, perfect there. Perfect. I'd love that. Mm -hmm. That is a guy that gives you reliable innings, sets the tempo. If you do make the postseason, he can be a one or a two. He outperforms like his peripheral numbers, which actually scares away a lot of the analytics obsessed front offices. Mm -hmm. He just shoves. So I just don't think they're playing in, in that kind of market right now, especially with what you're saying, Robbie. I mean, Jordan Montgomery's getting at least five years on a contract. So that's where, yeah, that's where I wonder if maybe they're looking at, I'm probably, this is probably, you know, wishful thinking. Maybe they're looking for other possibilities. And if there's, and if there's desperation, what do you want? How, how are, how are the red, give me your pathway to the Red Sox making the playoffs this year. Cause like uh, bet MGM right now has them last place in the American league East. And at the moment, when I look at their roster, I completely agree. It's another last place team. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, to me, the key is Bailey. Uh, I think it, 
if you're not going to go out there and, and go land a guy, then Bailey is the guy that's mm. got to get these pictures on the right track. Right. What's his, he, what are his stats from last year? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Man, I believe the Giants over the last three years, I believe they were eighth in Fangraph War over the I'm last three years combined. So they were... <laughs> I, tr- dude, Andrew Bailey is not getting their pitching staff into the postseason. You need the arms yeah, they to need go something. with it. Andrew yeah. Bailey needs to be able to work with the arms to go with that. They're, they're not yeah. there on, on their pitching prospects. Yeah, they definitely the need Major something. Roster. They have the worst staff in the American League East. Yeah. And, and everybody has a good offense in the American League East. So they're a last place team right now. I, I'm with you. I like Andrew Bailey. I like Craig Breslow too. But he's being yeah. dealt you know, a, a revenue or a budget, I should say. That is much below where they usually kind of play in Major League Baseball. So right now they're screwed. And I wasn't worried about the Cubs. I still think they're going to make moves. I'm not worried about the Giants. I still think they're going to make moves. I'm worried about the Red Sox with the way that they've kind of shown this financial restraint right now. We are yeah. going to yeah. – hold up. Let me – Robbie, I'm going to let you bounce back real quick. But here's what I need to do. Those of you watching live on YouTube, you have nothing to do. Those of you listening on the podcast, hang tight. Settle in. Those of you watching the replay, this is where we are going to leave you. We're going to talk more about the Red Sox and an option for them, maybe in the trade market. We're going to talk about the Mets offseason. We got about 10 more minutes with Scott. That is all going to happen on the podcast. And again, those of you that are live, you're good. Nothing to do. So those of you watching the replay, thank you for coming in. The link is down below. Click over there to listen to the rest of our conversation with Scott. All right. So let's. Robbie, I, I was cutting you off there. We, I, I do have one thought that maybe helps the Red Sox out, but before I go that thought, um, Robbie, what were you going to say? The Red Sox stink, and they need to add some. So, <laughs> pretty right, much. Let's go, Robbie. There yeah, it is. I'm I'm with you, dude. I mean, you know, listen, um, I, to me, I think Montgomery would be a good signing. He fits into what Bailey likes to do. He likes yeah. to throw a lot of first pick strikes. Um, you know, Montgomery doesn't have the best stuff out there, but – to me, he throws a ton of strikes, and he works really well when he's ahead and counts. He's one of the better pitchers out there when he's ahead, and that's what Bailey likes too. So if they could land him, I think that brings stability there. I kind of almost compare it. Like, he's not an ace by any means, but I almost look at it like the John Lackey signing back in 2009, like that 2-3 in a rotation. You know, if you could – if they could somehow – if they could do 5-125, I think that could get it done for him, mm-hmm. but – uh, will they want to commit? Uh, doesn't look like it. So. He's a stud. He'd be perfect there. If, yeah. if they don't get someone like that, it's going to be another really bad season. I mean, yeah. they, they have multiple moves that they need to make yep. on the pitching front to be a playoff team, in yep. my mind. Yep. One of the moves they could make would be via the trade market. And there are names out there. There are some rentals like Bieber and Burns, but it sounds like Milwaukee's going to hold on to Burns. And with Bieber, you may have to trade for Class A. and So the package could be astronomical. One player, one starter that we've been hearing about that has two years of control, and we can't stop hearing about it, is Dylan Cease. 
So there's obviously a Red Sox fit. There have been rumors uh, about Red Sox uh, possibly being included in discussions with Chris Getz. Uh, Scott, you have a former White Sox on that team. You have a kind of connection. Uh, is Dylan Cease going to get traded this offseason? What's your yes. gut tell you? Yes. Absolutely. It will happen? Yes. He is he asking for too much right now? Who, Chris Getz? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think he is. And here's why. So Dylan Cease, if he's a free agent right now, gets like 200 plus million dollars easy. I mean, it was a low two ZRA, what, second place Cy Young two years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there were some issues this past season, but issues that I'm not super concerned about. I think that he projects as a one on the right team. Also, yeah. by the way, the White Sox defense behind him was freaking brutal. But, but he also had a down year, no doubt about it. But this guy who's in his prime, he has prime number one stuff. So you're getting a pitcher like this for two years, $25 million on the open market. You would have to pay like eight years, $250 million, right? So right. his surplus value, he is worth a ton to teams for two seasons, which is why they need to trade him right now before this season begins in my mind at the latest at the deadline. But really, I think they're going to make a move. And I just think there's a stalemate going on right now with the White Sox and the Orioles. Orioles have the best mm. prospects to offer. White right. Sox want position players included in the mix. Orioles, I think, are in a little bit of desperation mode because they don't have, I mean, you want to talk Red Sox, they don't have permission to go after any big free agent starters, and that's the missing piece for them. So right. it makes too much sense. So if I'm Chris Getz, I'm kicking back going, okay, let's watch Snell go off the board. Let's watch Montgomery off the board so I can get other teams calling me and I can call the Orioles back and say, you sure you don't want to give me two or three high-end prospects to get this done because that's what it's going to take. So I think he ends up with the Orioles, but I just think they're, you know, kind of doing their little staring match action right now. I wonder if Mike Elias feels comfortable dealing away top prospects, knowing how John Angelos operates. John Angelos doesn't like to reach that. He, he's got alligator arms. He can't reach into his pockets to get to the checkbook, to get to his money. Um, and, the ideal trade scenario, as I've sort of seen it, is to look at players that are heading towards the end of their arbitration years. But that's not what Chris Getz wants. That's not what mm -hmm. they want mm -hmm. prospects. And the Orioles have a ton of them. And I wonder if Mike Elias looks at his situation, understands his owner, and is like, I got to keep these guys because when Santander is a free agent, he's gone. When Mullins is a free agent, he's gone. Uh, I have to be able to replenish. Now, they have so much down there in the farm but part of me wonders if this is the because when dylan cease becomes a free agent in two years he's gone too so because angelos isn't going to pay cease there's just that element with the ownership is where i think the block comes with the orioles and and if if they can overcome that then yeah the orioles could be a, a, a fantastic trade partner but they have to get through that as well um so you you feel like the orioles it, it is it the Orioles are bust. If, if if he can't get a trade worked out with the Orioles, will Dylan Cease be pitching opening day? No, I I still think I still mean think. every team wants him, so every yeah. team's going to offer a package. Sure, the Red Sox, the Yankees, and I think the Yankees even if they do get someone like Snell, because Dylan Cease is, is inexpensive. He's twelve million dollars a year. Right. For the right. Orioles, you might have who the hell knows what's going behind the scenes there. He might have called uh, Michael Elias, the the owner, Angelus there, and said, "Listen, we just paid." About 13, I think it was, for Craig Kimbrell. That's it. I'm done for the offseason. Oh, but but I just want to trade a couple prospects that we tanked for six years to be able to get Dylan Cease. Nope, sorry. 12 a year? Nope, sorry. Not interested. 
Sorry, yeah. I just bought a boat. I have no idea what's going on there, right? That could be the case. I doubt it because that's very inexpensive for a number mm-hmm. one starter mm-hmm. in Major League Baseball. But no, I think he's gone regardless, Jim. I, I think there are yeah. so many teams interested. If we go down the line, there's probably like 10 to 12 teams that I think can make pretty legit offers and yep. would take him in a heartbeat. Yep. Um, the Cardinals, I think, still fit that bill too. There, there are a ton of teams that will go after him. So I think it's yeah. happening. And I just think it's Oriole, It's the Orioles – um trade to lose because they can't rely on the free agent market it, it just makes too much sense to me fair no yeah they, the, the free agent market is not a place that they can play it's it's too expensive and they need to save their money because three players need to get serious money from baltimore rutschman henderson and holiday those three need to build build everything else around those three you have to be able to pay them and if you don't i mean the fan base has been burned before um, yeah. it, it, I'd be surprised if be one more. of them signs a long-term deal. One, I, I would put the yeah. over/under at 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 a half, you know, or one. Like one is if if you said, "Hey, when we two years from now, one of them's locked up for the long term," I'd be like, "Yep, that's a that's about right what I expected." Um, yeah. But the longer we go, the more expensive they are. And Angelos, on the record, this past year said he can't do 150 million dollar contracts. That's nope. already the ballpark that you're playing in if you're signing those guys long term. So. Well, I don't know what the hell's going on there, but here's what I'm learning then, Jim. The the main part of this is if that's not going to happen, the time is only now. The time is only now to win. That's why it makes it even more, yes. more imperative for you to acquire that kind of starting pitching and don't worry about tomorrow. It's already a fan base that's used to that. Actually, half the fan bases in the league are okay if you push all your chips in for two to three years and yeah. then you have to scale back and reset. Yeah. It's just when they just did the scale back reset and they, they haven't pushed any chips in yet. That's where you start to see problems. Pittsburgh did that years back, right? right. They were terrible for years. They had that two, three year window, but they didn't really do anything. They didn't add any big players to what yeah. they already had at their core. And that's why they couldn't get to the uh, next few rounds that they needed. We have, speaking of disappointment, um, we haven't seen the, dis- the Dylan C trade. That's been kind of disappointing. The Red Sox, their offseason has been disappointing. There's been a lot of disappointment, but Maybe the biggest one, the most glaring, disappointing offseason has been the New York Mets. The really only excitement was the Yamamoto chase, and that did not even end up with a uh, with, with them landing with Yamamoto. Outside of that, it has been a lot of depth pieces. It's been Harrison Bader. It's been Luis Severino. Uh, it has been most like most recently Sean Manaya, which Sean Manaya is all right. But we're at a point now where the Mets, if you haven't heard, Reports are out that the Mets have about, according to Andy Martino of SNY, have about $10 million to spend. Now, maybe that stretches to 11 or 12 if that's what's needed, but that they're maybe focusing on bullpen pieces. Um, let's, we, 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 again, we have a few more minutes. We're, let's go Let's go around the room real quick. R- Robbie, um, is there, considering the expectation by the fan base, and really, even though they're not spending and being as aggressive as last year, they still want to win. The Mets are right up there as may, maybe the most disappointing this uh, most disappointing offseason this year. Do you agree with that? For me personally, I I mean, other than Yamamoto, I could have seen that signing happen. Yeah. But that was the only guy, right? Yeah. 25 years old. That's really the only one that I could see the Mets wanting to invest in. Other right. than that, I saw small moves coming in they have a massive payroll still that yeah. i mean listen cohen has all the money in the world but they can't be shelling out all these luxury tax payments every single year they're, they're gonna yeah. have to get that payroll down at some yeah. point i'm sorry like uh, steve cohen he's made all this money i don't think 
that's the kind of guy that just likes to throw money away when his team's not even winning. So you bring yeah. in David Stearns, who does, who has shown the ability to get the high value moves for low cost. To me, I just didn't see the Mets doing all that much unless they landed Yamamoto. I thought the one guy they could have gone after was Duvall. They end up getting Bader instead. Could they still go get someone like Duvall? Sure. But, um, you know, I kind of just saw this happening. And there's been, you know, the word on the on the street where they're looking to 2025. Right. So Yamamoto could have fit both because they do have a lot of money coming off the books after this season. They can definitely move some contracts, too. So Yamamoto, you could have added him and he still would have fit long term without you know blowing through a a payroll because you do have so much money coming off the books. So for me personally, yeah, for Mets fans. Yeah, you, of course, you would like for them to add as much as possible. But I don't know. I kind of just expected them looking, you know, a couple years down the road. Scott, let me throw a thought your way. Um, I'm really like living with this. I'm going to die on this hill until something happens. Um, the Mets cannot live on the side of the fence where they are not going to compete and they don't extend Pete Alonso. One of those two things we have to get on the other side of the fence. They either have to decide to compete and that's why you can continue with Pete on this final lame duck year, or they have to extend him and figure moving forward. If they're going to live on both sides of that fence, I think they have to trade him. And if we're talking about $10 million is about what they have left. Well, Pete Alonso is going to be looking at about 20 million in arbitration, give or take. So I get back to the Juan Soto Padres conversation. Well, you can maybe improve the club if you find that $20 million that Pete was going to make by going out and trading for some controllable players that have some value that can help you right now, and then go, go, go try to sign Pete in the off season. Um, your thoughts on the Mets, your thoughts on, again, it's either, it, it's either extend Pete or trade Pete, depending on what the, what the Mets plan is for, contending this year your thoughts on on those two matters they might treat him like judge where they just ride the season out they let him go to the free agent market and realize that they have the best offer for him right Right. because that happens too i mean you have leverage as a free agent to be able to talk to other teams but then on the other side of things sometimes you're able to weigh well do i really want to go to that team they're the only ones offering more or maybe the mets are still offering me the most money and i overplayed my hand when i had extension talks which mm-hmm. i don't think have even happened right now i think right. that on the met side my guess would be that they're probably they just brought in a new dude to run the front office it usually takes about a year for him to get kind of comfortable with what the team looks like yeah. and i don't know maybe they're still evaluating what they think because you're paying for future performance what they think pete looks like over the next five to seven years i think he's perfect for new york me too I mean, you've seen it sure players eventually age and you don't know when Suddenly, uh, father time is going to hit you in baseball and you're not going to be the same player that you were. But I still like Pete for five, yeah. six years after that if, I, if I'm a Mets fan. So I think they should have extended him years ago. It Me hasn't too. happened. I'm not worried about it. The Mets are not broke. The Mets are the biggest spenders in baseball. I don't think they're cheap. I just think that they decided to take one step back this offseason because Steve Cohen's been targeting David Stearns for a long time. Steve Cohen is on the record multiple times saying he wants to be the Dodgers. I think he found somebody that can be like Andrew Friedman and David Stearns. And it has to start all the way from the bottom in the farm system, drafting, player development, all the way to the top in terms of which players they're deciding on. And right. for them, I just don't think there were fits that they wanted this, this season. I don't think they're a playoff team. And I, I agree with Robbie. I mean, that they were very clear. 
it's Yamamoto or bust because this is a guy that we can have for the next 10 years. Most of the other guys are kind of in your win now mode and they're not there. And you right. look at the free agent market next off season, Max Fried, Zach Wheeler, Corbin Burns, Walker Bueller, uh, Pete, obviously, if he gets there, Juan Soto, Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, Hassan Kim. Like, there are good names. You mentioned Santander. There are really good names on that next free agent market. And that's yep. when they'll strike again. I have no concerns with them. I just right now look at them and say, okay, their decision was we love Yamamoto, um, but we're really not a playoff team this year. Mm -hmm. And then they'll strike again next offseason. The only other issue is some of the core stars on their team are not getting any younger there in their prime right now. But it just didn't all line up. They were not set correctly with their prior front office uh, operations. And now I think David Stearns will lead them to a better place. They want a consistent yeah. winner. So I'm not worried at all. I don't think it's disappointing. Uh, the Mets fans are not going to go, we're cheap. We never spend money. Like, come on. We know they, right. they, they essentially bought prospects last trade deadline, which I thought was mm -hmm. brilliant, right? Like no, yep. no team is eating up that much money and saying most teams will say, take on some money. We won't really take any prospects. The Mets are like, We'll take most of the money. We want good prospects because we want to win. So that's the kind of owner that I think almost any fan is dreaming of having. Definitely. Shout out to Wardy. We see you in the chat, brother. Can't bring you in because we do have some time constraints here. Scott, we do appreciate you coming in. Tell the viewers on YouTube and the listeners that are checking us out on the podcast, tell them what you got cooking up on the podcast this week. All right, so we're on every single day live, uh, 1 to 3 Eastern on YouTube. Um, you can check us out at Foul Territory Show. All the social handles, same thing besides Twitter's at Foul Territory TV because they limit us on characters. Podcast-wise, same thing. Look up the show, Foul Territory and Fair Territory, which is Ken's show. But Ken Rosenthal's on with us multiple times a week. So if you want to know about your team, I think that's the best guy in the biz to ask about. We bring on one to two other writers per day or baseball personalities like a Jimbo, Nino Cyrus, et cetera. And then we usually bring on one or two players a day. So just spoke to Chris Sale. We got Ty on tomorrow to talk about the Cubs edition. So that's what we're bringing you. I worked for the league for a long time. I left because this is where I think baseball fans live now um, in the digital and podcast era and the authentic conversations that we can have here. So that's why I'm here every single day. All of our friends, AJ Pruszynski, Eric Kratz, Todd Frazier, Adam Jones, Jason Kipnis, et cetera. So we got a big crew. Appreciate you guys supporting us and love what you guys are doing over there too, Jim. Yeah. Again, Scott, thank you for coming on. We do appreciate that. And we would love for all of our listener viewers, make sure to subscribe. If you haven't yet, I'm sure you know about it. Make sure to subscribe uh, and consume their contents on all of the platforms, whatever is easiest for you. Scott, Thank you for coming in. We do appreciate you all listening and watching. Those of you that are on YouTube, those listening on the podcast, make sure to turn those automatic downloads on so you have the content whenever and wherever you are as soon as it is posted. That's it for this one, everybody. Thank you for lending us your ears. Robbie, thank you, sir. Scott, again, thank you. Thank you. We will catch you guys next time. <laughs>